The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Christy Scales, Aisha Morrison, Nicole Hutchison, and Jess Navarez. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome into the SWBC studio. I'm Nicole Hutchison, Aisha Morrison, and Jess Navarez, and will be joining us in a second. But right now, we've got Christy Scales with me in the house. Christy, obviously, it's Victory Tuesday. you got to be feeling a little lighter, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a much happier overnight flight home from uh, LAX, I yeah. can tell you that. And uh, Coach McCarthy has literally, just in the last two minutes, wrapped up his press conference so um, uh, we're making our way down from that so as you say Jess and I shall be here in just a moment but uh, coach referenced that mm -hmm. uh, the entire season just trying to put things into context yeah. as we roll into the bye week that it's a roller coaster ride and ups and downs mm -hmm. and he says roller coaster rides are fun to which I was nodding my head in agreement <laughs> but thinking in my mind they also can make you a little nauseous but that that wasn't that was uh, not the prettiest win it's mm -hmm. not going to hang on the wall in the Louvre but you know what W's count as W's whether mm -hmm. it's a three-point win or a 40-point win and um, admire the way that the team really fought through everything mm -hmm. yesterday and I know that the Chargers are just yeah. licking their wounds and regretting all the times that they shot themselves in the foot yesterday. Yeah coach McCarthy just said in the press conference it was gritty but not pretty yeah uh, not the prettiest yeah. win but like you said a W is a W. Yeah, and the thing was, overcoming those uh, self-inflicted mm -hmm. wounds, there were uh, more uh, penalty. you know, the, the Chargers uh, had their fair share as well. Yeah. But that's the thing was um, working through it and coming up with the big play when they needed it. Mm -hmm. So Micah Parsons, everyone's like, where's Micah today? Yeah. Where's Micah today? And then when you needed him, he, showed up. he was the one that showed up. And then the other thing that I really enjoyed about yesterday was the two big free agent off-season additions, mm -hmm. the two free agent veterans that uh, came in and were going to make the uh, big difference this year. They both showed up at the right times yesterday. Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver, with his first uh, touchdown as a Dallas Cowboy, Boy, and then Stephon Gilmore slamming the door at the end with the, the interception. So there were a lot of young players that uh, contributed yesterday. And there was, uh, I know we'll, as we go through today, we'll talk about some of the things that happened with the roster and the way that they were juggling uh, things to help make up for um, missing people on special teams. But it was a all-round, uh, you know, team win yesterday for sure. We've got the ladies back. Hey, guys. Hey. Oh, oh my gosh, don't mind me. I was gonna say, give me a little energy. Yo. Sure? Sorry, sorry, y'all. We were talking about Mike McCarthy. <laughs> I think he's a good reason to be late. We're talking to the head coach oh, yeah, of the Dallas Cowboys. Sure. The, the best, the kind of can't cut him off to be like, I have a podcast right? to do. Yeah, like, yeah. Sorry, the best stuff is always the walk off. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, he said a couple things to us. And yeah, answer a couple of our questions. Um, hi everyone. Uh, hi. <laughs> Happy Victory Tuesday. Right? Yes. Uh, yeah, but I mean, are we Keep just kind of talking about the game? Yeah. What we felt about it, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, I really wanted to ask him uh, how you keep your your guys in it when you know the whistle is that prominent, and it's on both sides. 
you know, there was, I didn't think anyone won the whistle yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you keep them engaged? Because it just was, it was just really hard to find a rhythm. And we'll say from that, but Dak Prescott played with a determination that I have not seen from him. And it's not even just his, he's played well in other games, but it was just like, it didn't matter if they were in a third and long. It didn't matter if there was a hold. It didn't matter what was going on. He really willed them to that win in a certain in, in certain aspects. And so I was just impressed with his de- his determination and just how he decided, like, we're not losing this game. And he did what you've been calling for the past few weeks, and yeah. that's using his legs. Mm-hmm. Seven steps. Make him pay, man. <laughs> Make him pay. Uh, we yeah. talked about it. The, the Chargers <laughs> play a lot of soft coverage and – with that that allows like that allows that that there's green out there and for mm-hmm. him to if he didn't see it I mean even Mike McCarthy mentioned like some of the disguises mm-hmm. and stuff they came out the bye and yeah. so the Chargers threw some things at them that they hadn't seen yet and he didn't see it there in the passing game okay there's grass out here let me take those opportunities I, I really like that he put that on tape mm-hmm. in the way that he did because hopefully other defenses will start honoring the fact that he will do that. Yeah, I also like that Mike McCarthy mentioned that they're going to be selective about using it. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to use it over and over again because he can do it. And to me, when you're working with a veteran quarterback like Dak Prescott, that's the smartest thing you can do for him is not change what makes him an even better player, which is the unpredictable factor that he can bring to Mm -hmm. this game of, well, he can run, but is he? And and so if you constantly try to call that over and over again, it's going to get predictable. Guys are going to shut it down. But yeah. when it when it's not predictable, look what happens yesterday with that uh, rushing touchdown. Something that uh, I was interested to hear from Mike McCarthy about today was the penalties, specifically the pre-snap penalties in this game, as you all just know how crazy it drives me. Um, Nicole, last year on the show, we had a, a game where we would <laughs> tell people to take a shot every time I talked about a shot. Penalties. Wait, what? Whatever you want. Oh, it's wow. five o'clock somewhere. Oh, if you want to take a shot of water, that's fine. And just don't drive. That'd be uh, what, 11 shots? Yeah, whatever you want to do. But, you know, when I was watching this game yesterday, Something that I went to go look at right away was before the game, the officiating crew, um, and how many penalties they had called so far the first five weeks of the season. They had a total count of 69 for 637 yards. Interestingly enough, their highest penalized game came in week two, um, where they had, or excuse me, week one, where they had 17 penalties for 132 yards. Overall, though, week two, they had 14. Week three, they had eight. Week four, they had 16. Week five, they had 14. You know this is going to be a highly penalized game looking at those numbers alone. So something that Mike McCarthy mentioned during his press conference was knowing how to kind of coach the guys when you know it's going to be a highly penalized team, and that's using your hands, and that's being smarter with the ball, playing more disciplined football. So I was really glad that Mike McCarthy mentioned that because those pre-snap penalties – killer yep. yesterday and if it wasn't for the um the chargers being just as penalized as the cowboys could have been a very different yeah, game. yeah. It, it ended up being 20 penalties accepted overall but there were more <laughs> more oh, than that more. there yeah there yeah. were some uh-huh. that that weren't accepted or there were a few plays that had double penalties mm-hmm. on them so land clark the referee got more airtime than taylor swift at a <sighs> oh kansas God. city game <laughs> oh you know oh thank you christy oh. you're welcome Woo. 
I was you just thinking. I was, I was just you thinking. Said it land, not me. Yeah, land trying to get on TV to, for his mom or his wife or something. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe know. he LeBron, needed to sign uh, like Lance Bass. No, nah, oh, that was yeah. that was said great. Did y'all see, did they show that on TV? No. They sh- oh yeah. I got it sent to me, and I was uh, like, oh, y'all just it, know me so it, well. It was so great. I mentioned it in my sideline exclusive for <laughs> Dallas Morning News because uh, there, there's always a lot of celebrities. There are always a lot in at LA, more for Rams than for Chargers, but. Uh, so you have you have LeBron and Dez and Trayvon Diggs sharing a suite and Michael Irvin's in a suite next to Jimmy Johnson. But anyway, they show a celebrity shot, and Lance Bass from In um, Sync is up in the thing, and he's holding he's holding up a white sign and written in magic marker. It says not Taylor Swift. <laughs> and then he goes and, and he posts it, was, it on social media and says, hilarious. in case anybody is confused. So It was hilarious. That. So Actually, that got like the best response. But hey, I, we do have to commend the <laughs> yeah. Cowboys fans because yeah, yeah, uh, of, yeah. of the 70,238 fans in attendance, half, and when I say half, it's not a guesstimate. I'm telling you that both offenses – use the silent count. Yeah. The Chargers were using the silent count as early as the first quarter. It's something that we mentioned last week mm-hmm. that uh, was a possibility. And there they were in that final and all the way through the game. Yeah. And what was important about it was Justin Herbert with the fractured middle left finger. And it, again, it, he was wearing the glove and had the splint underneath it mm-hmm. and stuff. It looked like, uh, I'll borrow uh, Brad Sham from Cowboys Radio. He said <laughs> it looked it looked like hot dog fingers from uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Ew. But uh, anyway, but <laughs> he c- couldn't take... You've never seen that movie I've where they got the hot dog fingers? That was the worst fingers? part of the movie. Uh, it was. It's freaky what? looking. Look online. I don't, I don't think I want to. So, so um, the point is Justin Herbert wasn't uh, only one, maybe two snaps out of 73 he took under center. He was in the shotgun, and so very hard to communicate when the crowd is loud. And so yeah. the, the Cowboys fans there at SoFi Stadium really did their job because that's embarrassing for a home team when you're having to use a silent count in your own stadium. Yeah, yeah. I, asked, I just asked. Mike McCarthy about that and um, yeah they were on a silent count but I was really asking in retrospect to the offsides um, some of the offsides calls especially on Micah because he you can tell he's timing it just Mm -hmm. perfectly just perfectly and so I just wanted to get some understanding on that but yeah them being on a silent count in their own houses that's rough that's tough yeah I don't know what that's like yeah, travel mm. to California. Yeah, <laughs> really. Hence why training camp goes socks. <laughs> no, but that—that's why last week uh, at, at practice here at the Star. Normally, when you have an away game, you're only running the crowd noise, making the when you're yeah. on offense because mm. you're anticipating that you're it's going to be loud when you're on offense. Last week at practice, they were running the crowd noise when the Cowboys defense was out there mm-hmm. going against scout team. Um, pretending to be the Chargers offense because it's just as important for the defense to be able to communicate and especially not having Leighton Vander Esch who was officially placed yeah. on injured reserve finally on uh, Monday and uh, J. Ron Kirst by the way took over the duties wearing the green dot and taking the calls from Dan Quinn and his radio helmet sharing it with the teammates in the defensive huddle so there there were a lot of adjustments that were made uh, in the game and I know we'll talk more about it as yeah. we go along well ladies we're going to take a break really quickly we'll be right back you're watching girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys we know that juicy cheesy grilled to perfection burger sounds amazing but it does sound like something is missing 
Pepsi, baby. The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk. You're watching, oh, like I already said it well, Girls Talk, Boys Talk. They watch it. My <laughs> Name the bird dating okay. partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And come on out to AT&T Stadium on February 24th for the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship Series. Watch the World Series. Best two wheel racers converge for one night of nonstop action. Enjoy unprecedented access to sports. Biggest stars with an up-close view of their race bikes and team rigs at Fan Fest. Tickets are on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing partner of AT&T Stadium. Make sure to go out there, guys. Uh, let's break down this offense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I love just seeing the opening drive, the first two plays, Dak just chunking it. You know, uh, they're really opening up this offense. What did you guys love seeing out of these guys? Uh, I know C.D. Lamb obviously leading the way with receptions. Uh, Brandon Cooks, his first touchdown uh, as a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, yeah. I know. I, I live. <laughs> I live. I was so hyped cool in my house. such a cool celebration. Yeah. I was so hyped in my house. To see the Archer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which he is has a Taylor one of the Swift best song, celebrations the ever. Oh. Seriously. The archer is okay. There you go. Oh, all right. You just telling on yourself. Like, like, you know nobody no, noticed. It's, it's all for a good cause. What? At least you know I'm honest. That's fair. I'm honest. But, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think for Brandon Cooks to come from my hometown team, guys, H-Town, uh, and didn't really have the the um, targets like he should have, but he's been from on five different teams, mm-hmm. traded four times. It was just good for me to see him, you know, kind of get that moment. You know, he said that he was just thankful that Dak really started to trust him. So, uh, yeah, that, that was something that I really loved to watch. Yeah, and the genesis of that particular uh, celebration, yeah. he's been doing the Archer for a long time, but there's actually a biblical verse that he references. It's Psalms 144.6, mm-hmm. which is, send forth lightning and scatter the enemy. Mm-hmm. Shoot your arrows and route them. So yeah, the first Christy. time he the first time he actually used it was in uh, 2015. That's back when he was mm-hmm. playing uh, for the Saints. But I'm like Aisha. I've been waiting for it, you know, yeah, for yeah. for five weeks, and then we finally got to see it in week six. You mm-hmm. know what I really liked about it too was 
after the game on the ESPN broadcast, Dak Prescott was asked about Brandon Cook specifically getting more involved in this game. And he said he's earned it. Mm -hmm. He's earned this opportunity to have a game like this because since he's come in, uh, I believe it was back in April when he first came in, he's been impactful, uh, not just on the field, but a locker room guy. And that's something that you hear time and time again. And then that seeped into CD's postgame interview where he talked about um, how impactful Brandon Cooks has been as a locker room leader for him, even saying that he gets up earlier to come to the facility here at the Star because of Brandon Cooks, saying Mm -hmm. he's just leading by example, basically. And so to see that moment for Brandon Cooks really transpire like it did, it was a long time coming, guys. (laughs) It was a long time coming. But also, Jerry Jones talked about it on the fan this morning, saying that uh, a vertical threat is needed. Aisha, I know you talk a lot about this as well. Hello, Brandon Cooks. Hello, Brandon <laughs> Cooks Speed. Hello, Brandon Cooks Legs. How are you? Uh, Jerry said that he wanted to see him a little bit more involved down the field in the stretch as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it obviously starts up front. <laughs> Your offensive line struggled in this mm-hmm. game. They struggled, and I asked Mike McCarthy about this in the presser in regard to uh, the stunts and um, – the way that the uh, defensive linemen are lining up, it, it makes it easier to to rush the passer, but it makes it more difficult, especially on those interior guys, like to pass guys off, communication, all that stuff. And so that's why I was asking him, is that something they're going to be working on? Because you're starting to see that mm-hmm. um, more from teams because this Cowboys offensive line, when it is fully intact, it's hard to beat just power on power. Yeah. It just is. So you're seeing teams attack you and get um, – and get kind of exotic in the way that they're doing things um, to get pressure on the quarterback. And uh, the, the quarterback just improvised incredibly well last night. Uh, some of the throws that he made rolling out to his left, rolling out to his right, um, I was just impressed with his ability to just extend. And that's something that, to me, that's one of Dak's best best traits. It's been one of his best traits to me since he was a rook. Is the, his ability to keep his shoulders square, look downfield, and still make a play. Um, and this is also something we talked about on here is that the scramble drill is something that I, I felt like this offense really needed to improve on. Um, and we saw them fight for their quarterback in certain points in this mm-hmm. game. And I thought that was important and in regard to Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I, I really hope they build upon this because mm-hmm. I remember asking Mike McCarthy about it a couple weeks ago, and he was just saying, like, they're still trying to get in the flow of him being in this offense. Yeah. And so I think you saw some flow this past week with some of the things that he was able to do. Build upon that. Continue yeah. that confidence. And, and yeah, what you got, Chris? And use them on the fly sweep like yeah. they did, mm-hmm. where you really, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that that was awesome. Yeah. He really showed his speed uh, getting the corner on that. But I think the part about Dak uh, using his legs, this wasn't necessarily the design coming in. This was out of necessity. Yeah. And it's because we're going to throw a yeah. football term out here, and this was in response to one of – uh, Aisha's questions in the press conference is a really great question. He was talking about wide nine. So what they're doing with the Chargers pass rush, they were setting the the edge rushers mm-hmm. were wider than most teams normally set their guys outside the tackles. Yes. I and mean, they were wider. Mm-hmm. So it's coming from out here. The other thing that they were doing was with their inside guys, they were moving a lot. Mm-hmm. Aisha and mentioned he, that earlier, that they weren't expecting that. That, yes. was, that was a it's tendency different. breaker that they came up with um, during the bye week. So it surprised the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're getting pressure from the outside, if this pen were a tube of toothpaste and the pressure's coming from out here and you squeeze it, where's the opening? 
that toothpaste is going to come out through here. And that's what DAC was doing. So when they're coming wide, as Mike says, it opens the A and the B gaps. So that's kind of more towards the middle. So that's why you saw uh, DAC running up more um, than you've seen in previous games. Do you ladies feel like seeing more of DAC's mobility will I guess, further the success of this team? How much is that needed for this team? Depends to have on the matchups. Yeah. Depends on the matchups. Because, like Mike says, you're yeah. not going to, and, and I'm sure Brian Schottenheimer, who's speaking a little mm -hmm. bit later this afternoon, will be watching the press conference tonight uh, or tomorrow morning. And uh, I'm sure he'll say the same thing is, you know, you're not going to take your franchise quarterback and run him for the sake of running him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yesterday, I think it was. Um, you know, uh, basically a response to how the Chargers were mixing things up and, and uh, their plan of attack with their rush. I also think, too, it's in terms of what they can do to really continue to progress after this week six uh, and after the bye week is it's surprising that this is the second week in a row we have to mention it, but their third down efficiency, I think, mm -hmm. was lacking a lot mm -hmm. um, in this game, which is something that the Cowboys were leading the league with two yeah. weeks ago. And so, um, you know, when you are, let's see, I want to get this right, five of 13 and third downs, that's not really setting anybody up for success, mm -hmm. whether it be Dak being mobile, whether it be your running backs, no matter what in this unit, you have to be successful in those third down drives because otherwise you're putting yourself in third and long behind the sticks. And then, then it's a domino effect of you're not going to get in the red zone. You're not going to score. Brandon Aubrey set up to to potentially fail if you keep over kicking the guy, you know, and, and that's just not something you want to see. And so um, it's it's something that's worrisome for me more than Dak being mobile because I think you'll you'll see it when you need to see it. But for me, it's the third down efficiency that is uh, yeah. knocking on the door that yeah. needs to be changed immediately. Yeah, and, and why did they fall behind and have third and long? Penalties. They couldn't run the ball. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, Tony penalties. Pollard, 15 carries, <laughs> yeah. 30 yeah. yards, two yeah. yards a, a carry. This run game is something that, and that's why I was asking to go because this run game is something that um, I'm can't say I'm concerned about, but I'm extremely curious about, uh, especially just because uh, it's more so the usage for me. I mean, obviously the de the designs matter and stuff, but it's the usage for me. It's like I I believe that the running back choices and how they do things should be based off matchup. Like we're talking about, what does this matchup call for? How does this defense handle speedy guys well? Does this not, do they do they struggle with you know more power? How that works and attacking the edges and just how you attack them to me has to be based off of. To me, I think you have to decide you know who is better for that matchup and that decides how the reps are. But um, in regard to the offensive line. I, I I do think communication was a problem last mm -hmm. night. I do think with all that movement that we were talking and all about, that stuff, yeah. yeah. And and the 49ers attacked you like that last week, yeah. also. So for me, I was just asking them, you know, is this something that you guys are going to continue to work? You would assume it would improve with the offensive line being together, but that the run game, the lack of run game, to me is becoming a problem. You know, yeah. your quarterback went out there and, and did some great things. So to your point, I understand they weren't great on third down, but he was in those key moments when he yeah. needs to be third and longs. He's making plays. He's he's extending these drives. Um, so I agree that all the um, that they have to improve on first and second down, especially when, if you're going to be running the ball the way you're running the ball. So 
Yeah, that's that. That 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 that's. You know, it's a rough day in the office when your quarterback is leading your team in rushing yards. Yeah, that is, that is not something you want to see. Yeah. And and thank goodness the Chargers defense bailed him out uh, yeah. several times as yeah. well with some some crucial penalties. So, Christy, what did yeah. you see from the sidelines as far as that communication from the offensive line when they were on the sidelines? Or is there anything? Yeah, there, there's there's a there's never any finger pointing or yeah. yelling at each other. It's always just sitting down. And of course, they have the surface tablets that they're uh, working on and stuff like that. The tight ends sit right next to the, with the bench area, the offense is the left side, the defense is on the right side, the 50-yard line respectively. And so offensive line sits on the far left, tight ends next to them because tight ends and the um, yeah. O-line work together. But, um, you know, but credit to the coaches and to the players for making those adjustments as the game went along, not waiting until halftime mm, yeah. in yep. regards to, you know, recognizing that, whoa, uh, these are tendency breakers. This isn't what we were expecting, and we've got to adjust as we go along and not wait. I think Mike McCarthy said it so well put in this press conference about how Dan Quinn explained this game, saying it was gritty, yeah. but it wasn't pretty. Yeah. And that is just... That's so spot on for what you saw because you saw the grit, uh, especially after halftime. I was a little worried. And yes, we talk about the time of possession battle and not that whoever wins it at the end necessarily wins the game. But in this mm -hmm. case, it's you can start to see the defense starting to wear down a little bit because yeah. the offense isn't mm -hmm. extending drives. They're not going down the field. Um, and so for me, when when. Uh, Things got resilient for me from the Cowboys offense is the response after the Brandon Cooks touchdown. It was like, bless, bless you. you. <laughs> it was very uh, it was very spot on for what you need out of this Cowboys offense is, yes, bend but don't break mentality. However, at some point, things yeah. have to give a little bit more. And, yeah, it, I'm tired of talking about the same things every week. Penalties, self-inflicted wounds, red zone woes, which wasn't as much of an issue. Mm -hmm. But then you have third down, first and second down. Offense just has to be better. They have to communicate better. They have to be a more cohesive unit. And I think you're seeing steps yep. in the right direction. Mm -hmm. They're just not there yet but that's okay yeah. because if that means we're talking in december about they're on the same page they're playing december football at the highest level i'm all for this right now uh it just does worry me aisha to your point about the run game and the lack of in the last few weeks and where is Rico Dowdle? I want to see yeah, more a, uh, Rico Dowdle. Yeah, I'm gonna have a tantrum. I'm putting my foot down with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make a scene. Where's Rico? Three, three carries, three carries uh, yesterday, but uh, twelve yards. It's it's one of those things where you, I, I I mean I'm at a point to where I'm gonna stop talking about it, uh, just because it's gonna it's gonna start getting me hot because I don't understand <laughs> it. Um, but also too, I mean when I went back and watched the game, yo, they need this by. This offensive mm -hmm. line needs his yep. body. Yes. Do you understand mm -hmm. me? Yep. There's a lot of guys slow getting up. A lot of guys getting rolled under. A lot of guys getting nicked up. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody said bless you on Twitter, to Aisha. <laughs> uh, a lot of guys getting nicked up, and that's why I was going to ask you, Christy, you know, uh, from your sideline perspective, were guys coming off and, and kind of trying to get themselves together, or were they yes. just – can? Uh, boy, I don't want to jinx anything because we don't get too many of these, but I had zero injury reports from the Cowboys sideline. We did oh, not man. have wow. a single player – we, we didn't have a single player visit uh, – going to have to be right here on the head. <laughs> there. Um, didn't have a single player visit the blue medical oh, tent on the uh, – uh, uh, Cowboys sideline. There were uh, two players for the um, 
Chargers, one, one of them, the first actually first defensive play of the game got hurt, but he returned to action, and then they lost one of their backup safeties, a special teamer who didn't return. But just because you're not getting checked out in the blue medical tent doesn't mean yeah. you're not nicked yeah. up. You know, Zach Martin, you know, got yeah. his ankle, stepped on, you know, I mean, they're, yeah, they're all dealing with it. They're all dealing that's with That's what this. I was saying. And so I, I was wondering, I was wondering if – and we talked about when the Cardinals, you know, when the Cowboys played the Cardinals and, you know, you got three backup offensive linemen and that dictates it changes your play calling. Yep. We did not see the Cowboys do really much of anything. They tried to set up a screen one time. I think they did something on the outside. They, they haven't the had a good screen since Emmett Smith. That's okay? not true. We've seen some this year. We've seen some. <laughs> not, on a re- not on a regular <laughs> basis. Dang. Not, on, not on a regular basis. Not gonna, but, I, but I'm just saying, even just that like the quick Tracy, outs. Quick and, with it. But even just the quick outs and, and, and things like that. I, was, I, I thought the Cowboys would attack the edges more in mm-hmm. this game. And I wonder if it's, number one, the way that uh, Mike McCarthy described them, lining up in the wide nine. Mm-hmm. Other teams have done that, though, and you've had success running against them. But I wonder if some of the stuff that, you know, some of the offensive linemen being a little nicked up plays a role in their mobility and how quickly they can get to the second level and how dominant they can be in that regard. And if that means anything to why they decided to just run between the tackles in the way that they did, that was not favorable at all. That's just me. I, I wonder. I don't think he agreed with me. Well, but, but no, I no I, actually, it's great because one of the things, uh, the players, and I know we got to go to break in just a moment, okay. Just so, but just so fans know, um, the players, they had meetings today, they had uh, yep. their workout and then their medical treatments, and then they're off for the rest of the week from a media standpoint we have access to the assistant coaches tomorrow mm-hmm. so uh, Mike Solari the new Cowboys offensive line coach that could be a, a question yep. posed to him yep. okay mm-hmm. all right ladies we're going to be breaking down this defense coming up right after the break you're watching girls talk boys talk presented by Jigsaw the <laughs> preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys we'll be right back at Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
watching Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And the 2024 PBR World Finals are taking over AT&T Stadium on May 18th and 19th. Don't miss your chance to see the biggest and best bull riding action as the world's best riders fight for the coveted gold buckle. It all comes down to this. Two-day ticket packages are on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing partner of AT&T Stadium. Have you guys ever been Yeehaw. bull riding? Oh. I, bull riding? I've never, my, my, I've never I would never it. go so, on a real bull, no. <laughs> well, so, like, oh my gosh. Gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course, at Not Gillies. A real one. At Gillies, I, duh. I've never done and, that. And, and, so. Christy didn't live. Yeah. Okay. okay. And, and We're the, take we gotta you. Go. We're but gonna go. We gotta go. One of the world's biggest PBR fans is my mom. Oh. And uh, see, the AT&T Stadium in North Texas area rested the PBR finals away from Las Vegas. Mm. Uh, so it's a big deal that it continues mm -hmm. to come back here to North Texas. But uh, I will be getting on SeatGeek. I hope Mom's not watching right now. But uh, <laughs> tickets for that in May are going to be one of there her Christmas go. presents because we've gone out to Vegas to see the finals. That's so fun. that's how big that a fan she is. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a good time. You should go and it's mechanical awesome. bull. I'm going to try it. It's I'm a, thank you. But at this you final, these are real bulls. These are real bulls. Oh goodness. Well, I thought you were asking if we rode real bulls. I was like, no, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not about that. But goodness, no. thanks for asking. No. All right, ladies, let's break down this defense. <laughs> uh, obviously, Michael Parsons was <laughs> what? No, nah, I'm concerned. Y'all putting y'all life in danger like that. <laughs> Go, go. Let's, let's I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, Michael Parsons, obviously, <laughs> shout out to him coming down the stretch with a big sack, mm -hmm. um, almost three games away where he was about to be sackless. So, shout out to him for a big game. Uh, Stephon Gilmore with the INT to seal the game. What did you guys like from this defense? They held this LA Chargers offense that was averaging 27 points a game to just 17 points. What did, you, what did y'all like from that? I liked it. Period. <laughs> uh, no, here's the thing about Micah Parsons, and yeah. something that I like to talk about with him is, we talk about it all the time here. Is stats don't mean everything, mm -hmm. and especially when it comes to number of sacks in a game, because Micah is putting pressure on quarterbacks nonstop, whether he's getting to them or not. They're feeling the pressure. They're feeling that edge rush, and it was just so spot on, ironic. It was Troy Aikman in the in the broadcast saying oh we haven't seen a lot of micah parsons and then right when he said that micah yep. gets the sack so shout out to troy maybe he should he should say that every <laughs> every snap uh the opposing offenses are on but i do want to say micah's impact is still felt whether he's getting the sacks or not mm -hmm. still felt um and and a big kudo to all the young guys that have stepped up in this unit uh to kind of help balance out you know the losses that they have with injury right now Something I was really curious about was how the team was going to respond without Leighton Vander Esch. We know that's your key communicator. Chris, you talked about uh, J-Ron getting the green dot on the helmet and being the communicator. I think that's something that you're going to have to continue to kind of keep an eye on while Leighton is out. As it's going to be a minimum four weeks. We don't, we don't know. It could be longer. Um, but overall, yeah, I think defense is your backbone of this team. You know that. You see it. And... The offense just has to help balance them out and not wear them out and keep them off the field as much as possible so they can continue to be impactful. Yeah. And I thought Demarcus Lawrence yeah. was totally Thanks. dominant yeah. yesterday. He dominated. He was great. And then um, Marquise Bell, Jess, you mentioned the young guys. Yeah. and bring the bell. Uh, yeah, and Mike McCarthy said that. Uh, there you go. Get ready for the That coin. was my mom. She told me to say that. Okay. Wait, that's go. another Taylor Swift song? No, it's just a pun, and she can't just help a pun. Oh, my. Go ahead. So uh, Mar Marquise <laughs> Bell, uh, according to Mike McCarthy, is probably going to end up with one of the games. 
game mm-hmm. balls uh, for such a, a good game yesterday. You mentioned Damone Clark. He, uh, of course, he had been starting linebacker all along, but he basically kind of slid over a spot within the linebacker core, so basically taking over Leighton Vander Esch's duties there. But you're right about, even though it was only one sack, Justin Herbert was harassed mm-hmm. continuously yesterday. He looked like there were, I mean, he still made some awesome throws. You guys know how excited I was to get to see yeah, him play. Oh, we know. You go. And just, just from a football fan standpoint, I was I was disappointed to not see him, you know, make all the plays that he did. I'm going to start but, putting a quarter in every time we talk about quarterback play. But he's awesome. He's he's awesome. But they but they made him look on so many plays average. Oh yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, You talked about the pressure. If I'm not mistaken, at one point in time, the Cowboys had a 49% pressure rate. And no, don't 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 try to downplay this this defensive showing, man. I mean, this that offense was seventh in scoring coming into this game, eight in Mm -hmm. yards per play, eighth in yards per play. They were fifth in red zone percentage. They score when they get down there, and the Cowboys literally held them to a field goal and, you know, a turnover on downs down there. So I I agree. The defensive output was really good. I was impressed with the way that they played the run. Hey, listen, Austin Eckler Eckler gonna look up and he ain't gonna want to see 14 ever again. You understand? (laughs) Like he, I'm for real, Marquise Bell, from the minute that Austin Eckler had anything on the outside he was like hey man I'm here it's gonna be a long day and one thing about Marquise Bell that I love um it was from him being an HBCU player he 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 like yeah they talked about it yesterday it's like he he feels the moment but he doesn't let it get too big for him because he's a guy that comes from you know they didn't have these facilities they don't have this fancy stuff they don't have treatment they don't have so he's he's callous in a way that makes him in these moments not shy away from it and the physicality that he played with yesterday I I tweeted that I think it's interesting like it's easy to forget that he's only been playing linebacker for like seven weeks yeah Yeah. it's easy to forget that and I do think that with linebacker with all the diagnosing and and it, it is one of the hardest positions on the field I don't care what anyone says he he's really starting to look like he is getting it he is seeing it and reacting and that also shows how you know in his film study he is, and so I'm um, I'm proud of the young man, and I'm I'm really he he said, oh y'all gonna go pick up a linebacker? Oh, <laughs> I got oh, you. Re- remember, I am here. Yeah. I'm here to stay. And so yeah, as far as the defense goes, I was impressed with again the pressure, the consistent pressure they were able to get. But really, what set that up mm-hmm. is the fact that they defended the run. Oh yeah, incredibly yeah. well. And Austin Eckler is no is no one to snuff at. He is coming back from an injury, mm-hmm. but he's a dual threat Absolutely. that. Has tore up other defenses. So, yeah, credit to them. Yeah, and the 53 rushing yards that the Chargers accumulated in the game, 20 of them were Justin Herbert on Listen. quarterback scrambles. So, <laughs> to your to Aisha's point, it was a terrific game for the run defense. May I share what happened on uh, with uh, Kellen Moore on the sideline? The meme that's going around where he oh, puts boys, his hand over his head do. and things like that. Do. Yeah, so that was a play. It was late in the game, and the Chargers are in the the red zone I mean threatening to mm-hmm. score and Austin Eckler is out wide left mm-hmm. so even though he's a running back they line him up outside because as Aisha says he's such a receiving threat so Justin Herbert is motioning for Eckler to move the clock the play clock is going down and as Herbert turns towards Eckler and is talking and motioning him I'm just right over there on the sidelines like right in the so I can see Herbert trying to communicate 
And Eckler just raises his hand and is like, no. Uh, well, instead of like taking a timeout or something like that, they go ahead and, and snap the ball, and Herbert ends up running a little bit towards the right. But there was, you know, miscommunication or something happened on that play where Eckler wasn't either going in motion or wasn't where Herbert thought he should be. Mm -hmm. And so Kellen knew that the play was blowing up. <laughs> you know, it was like one of those slow motion nightmare things like, no. I want to go home. <laughs> so that's so, so when you see that one of, of Kellen, yeah. It was great to see Kellen, though, before uh, the game. It was old home week pregame yeah. uh, on oh, the sideline. Simi. Doug, Doug Simi Fajoko. It was great yeah. to see Simi. I think a lot of Cowboy fans don't realize that after he was let go at the end of training yeah. camp the Chargers got him just like that and uh, Doug Nussmeyer is the yeah. um, uh, quarterbacks coach for the Chargers as he was uh, here mm -hmm. for Dak and the Cowboys and so um, got to he was visiting a lot on the the pregame sideline as well and then we had a little melee broke out breakout but it didn't have to it was the coaches breaking things up but yeah that, that was it. that was intense. a chippy game and it happened you know probably about 40 minutes before kickoff and it was like oh boy this is going to be this going to be a long day is this becoming a thing to where the chargers are going to like it doesn't matter it's going to become like a a tough game because this, this no. is the same. I don't no, know. Like, no, they here's, played here's, them really here, tough. Here, they did last year too. They, they did. They, they're a physical team. And even though Joey Bosa played in the game, of course, Joey Bosa coming off the toe injury, injury and, and also hammy. hamstring injury, even though he played, he was not Joey Bosa. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. You know, that he wasn't dominant like we're used to seeing yeah, yeah. as he worked his way back from injury. But what happened in the, in the pregame is um, there are certain areas of the field where the position groups do their work. Mm -hmm. So for the defensive backs, the the Chargers defensive backs were just in front of the Cowboys sideline between the 40 and the 50 yard line. That's their designated area, nothing wrong. Well, here's the thing. If you're on the Cowboys bench, the Chargers have the right side of the field for their pregame warmup. The Cowboys have the left side. The issue is the tunnel where the Cowboys players are coming out is down the right side. So they have to cross all the way past the Chargers doing their pregame to get to the Cowboys side so they can start their warmups. And all, another thing that happens in pregame is you come out by position group. Everyone doesn't come out there at the same time. It's very proscribed, exact times of when people come out and take their areas and start their work. So the DBs are there between the 40 and the 50-yard line right in front of the Cowboys bench. Here come the um, defensive players, uh, the defensive line, and they're right through the defensive backs for the Chargers who take exception and then – Boys being boys and too much testosterone in a small area of the field. And we now we've got a fracas uh -huh. going. <laughs> yeah. So we need to do something. The NFL, we've had issues with the 49ers. The 49ers in Cleveland had a skirmish. Uh -huh. Something needs to be done logistically so that you're not having teams cross through other teams' areas yeah. and having these potential issues. Something I wanted to mention real quick while we were on the topic of players maybe not playing the same because of injury 
need not forget Justin Herbert was playing with an injured or I think broken finger finger, on his left hand and given that's not his throwing hand but still it's going to impact how he plays and so I don't think you saw a full force Justin Herbert during this game by any means to your point earlier Chris yeah and when when it's shotgun and and they're having to use the silent count and the Cowboys fans are going crazy you know it, it really did if you were listening to our Cowboys radio broadcast you wouldn't have been able to tell if it were a Cowboys home game or a road game that's how loud the Cowboys fans were there and I'll tell you that the just to put this in perspective the tickets of course it was a sellout the Mm -hmm. resale tickets were going game day $284 a piece for the nosebleed 24 hours earlier the Rams hosted the Cardinals at that very same place those same sections in the upper deck online resale $25 bye All right, ladies. Well, we will be back next week. We actually have a media mix-up. Let me just go ahead and read you guys the rundown for those who are listening. 9 a.m. tomorrow. This will be tomorrow, guys, starting at 9 a.m. Talking Cowboys will feature Cal Yeomans, uh, Barry Guest, Brian Brodus, 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 Barry Daniels, Barry Church. <laughs> yeah, I'm Barry Church. Sorry. Um, and then 10 a.m. will be Storyline. That'll be Nick Eatman and Nate Newton. 11 a.m. will be Cowboys Break, Derek Eagleton, Nick Harris, Danny McRae, and John Makota. Noon will be Mick Shots, Bill Jones, Mickey Spagnola, and Christy Scales. 1 p.m. Got to keep those boys in line. You'll definitely <laughs> want to tune in right? at noon Wednesday and next Monday. Yes. Yep. Uh, 1 p.m. Hanging with the boys, Shannon Gross, Gross, Aisha Morrison. Shout out, girl. All right, Patrick Walker and Heckma Harrison. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Sorry, y'all. I'm still new. I'm still working on this. 2 p.m. will be Players Lounge, Newbie Scruggs, Jesse Holly, Everson Walls, and Jess Navarre. Because two Jesses are better than one. Look, (laughs) Jesse Holly and I are notebook twins. I'm all for it. And 3 p.m. you'll be right here for (laughs) Girls Talk, Boys Talk. That'll be me, Ambar Garcia, Isaiah Stanback, and Savannah Humala. It's going to be lit. Yeah, we're excited. It's a party. It's a party. I'm going to miss you guys, but, you know, what is it? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. Yeah. I'll miss you, ladies. We'll be back. We'll be back, though. Are you watching <laughs> Girls Talk, Boys Talk? For Christy Scales, Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, I'm Nicole Hutchison. We'll see you next Tuesday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?